cool. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, August 31st, and this is the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast, where we talk about business, the housing industry, and entertainment in general. My name is Thaddeus Claus, and I've been working on houses for the last five years in different capacities, and today I'm super happy to have my first guest, Mr. Tim Johnson from Realty One Group with me. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. All right. So kind of jumping into this, we were talking about before, we haven't had really a ton of conversation before this. So I kind of wanted to talk to you as far as tell me about who you are, what you're doing, just whatever you got for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, you already introduced me. So my name is Tim Johnson. I'm a real estate agent here in Arizona. Um, basically, you know, I'll kind of work down uh, maybe the list. Um, I came to Arizona about six years ago for college. So I grew up in Oregon. Um, came down here, went to GCU, studied psychology. I ran track at GCU. That's where I met my wife. Uh, my wife ran track there. She's uh, studied nursing. She's a nurse currently. Um, and then the year after, that, right when we graduated school, um, we decided that we wanted to move back to where I'm from, Oregon, small town, um, and just kind of move back near my family. She had never lived outside of Arizona, so she wanted to get out of the heat a little bit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, you know, we took a year down in Oregon, and it was really good. It was really good to, um, for her to get out of the state. It was really good to, for us to kind of move down or up there, um, get out of the heat for a little bit for our first year out of college, adjust to real life. I, I always like tell people like when you're in college, especially when you're in like sports and stuff, like it's like fairy tale land, right? Like it's yeah. not real life. Uh, <laughs> so the the real life adjustment uh, hitting hitting us in the face pretty quick. Like oh man, we gotta like work all the time, and we never get to see each other because we're both working like <laughs> nine to five jobs and. It was, it was a good learning curve, and it was really good for both of us to adjust to the real world. But along with that came, you know, the harsh reality that uh, a lot of people accept um, in our life is, like, you know, accepting that fact that, man, I'm going to have to work for the next 40, 50, 60 years of my life, whatever yeah. that looks like. Um, and so pretty quickly we, you know, realized, like, man, we got to do something different because... I'm six months into this 60 years and I hate it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we just started, we started searching a little bit, um, when we were down in, in Oregon and, uh, you know, we were, we only planned on living down there for a year or two anyway, to be near my family. Um, and we decided after a year, we missed the sun too much, surprisingly. Um, so now I have to tell myself every day it's 115 degrees. I love the heat. I have to lie to myself just to, <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, we, we really do. We've enjoyed being back and, and love Arizona a whole lot more than the, uh, rainy state of Oregon. So, um, it's really nice to be back here in Arizona and near all of our friends we had through college and, you know, that we met in church and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that's actually how you and me met just mutual friends through church. So it's pretty cool to, to be able to connect on a different level in real estate and stuff and kind of see what's going on there. Yeah. Awesome. So what were you doing for work in Oregon? And then when you first came back here, was it real estate right off the jump or did you have a transition? Right, right. So I've worked like a bunch of different weird little jobs. Like um, coming out of high school, my my dad and my, uh, my dad's been working um, in heating and air conditioning for about 30 years. 
Um, so towards the end of my high school and right after, like summer after I graduated high school, I, I worked in um, air conditioning a little bit, got a little bit of experience, really nothing to like teach me anything. At that point, I was like, I don't want to work here or anything like that. Um, so I went off to college and got a little part-time job, worked in the uh, student gym there on campus, um, had kind of odds, odds and end jobs here and there. Um, the summer after my freshman year in college, I actually went to Alaska and was a commercial fisherman on a boat for the entire summer. Um, sweet experience. That stuff is tough, man. Like I thought I knew what hard work was until I was like 36 hours awake fishing. Oh <laughs> you know, my it was gosh. just crazy stuff. What um, were you guys pulling up? Uh, salmon. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we pulled up. Don't quote me on this, but I swear we pulled. I somebody told me the numbers, and it was like you pulled up like 2.5 million pounds of salmon that summer. Or something oh dear crazy. Lord. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. So. Um, that was an awesome experience, but I mean, like I said, it's kind of been in and out of odd jobs. Well, we graduate college, and like everyone, I was like, oh, maybe I'll use my college degree. No, not really. Um, you know, I actually, I got my EMT license and wanted to go down the firefighter route. Okay. Um, so I tested here in Phoenix right before we moved to Oregon. Didn't hear anything. Two weeks after we moved to Oregon, hear back from Phoenix and say that they want to interview me. <laughs> Is that for the fire department? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. The, so the fire department is super competitive too it, here it in Arizona. Is, I think the the round, yeah, because like Arizona Fire Department is like the top tier like around the country, right? Everyone wants to be a part of it. Yeah. I think my test round there was like three thousand people or something that tested. Oh my um, gosh. Which is crazy. And yeah. I think there was only like sixteen spots. <laughs> so, oh dear lord. Um, I think the average the average firefighter it takes like two or three years to get on type thing. So. Dang. Um, but yeah, can I, I thought I can I maybe pull the microphone just a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah. So you can just move it up. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So I th I thought that uh, that was the route that I wanted to go, and and so I was working as an EMT actually for the first bit when I got to Oregon. I got a job, um, not with the fire department or anything, but I was kind of going down that route, getting some experience as an EMT. Um, quickly realized that I don't really like the medical setting <laughs> as much as my wife. <laughs> um, is it the blood and stuff? Or? Well, no, it was just, uh, it, it was just dealing with, uh, crappy situations kind of all the time. I mean, I, bless people's heart who, who are called to that, man. Like, right. like people dealing with people with on the worst days of their life. Right. Yes. Um, and I'm kind of more of a happy go lucky kind of guy. So gotcha. it just didn't necessarily fit me. Um, but you know, so I, I made a pivot there and, uh, <laughs> a nice strong pivot. So I went ahead and, uh, took a job, uh, part-time job as a barista <laughs> in, um, uh, Starbucks there. And thanks. That was, that was helpful. <laughs> I was like, um, so I was a barista part-time, um, in Oregon and I was working and I was coaching at my high school that I went to. Okay. So the background in track, um, you know, that's, that's a big calling is like giving back to the youth because I yeah. had a really cool experience in athletics growing up. So that was, you know, that was what I was doing in Oregon. Um, along that time, uh, I started reading, you know, like I said, we got hit with real life pretty quick, realized that, man, I can't do this forever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, started reading different books and how to kind of build wealth, how to, how to, you know, become financially independent. I started hearing these phrases kind of thrown around. 
Um, and so started reading books, started listening to podcasts. What were you reading, listening to? One of those podcasts. The first one that I, I listened to was Bigger Pockets. Um, so they're a real estate um, okay. investing podcast. So started listening to them. Had all sorts of um, you know episodes on what it looks like to reach financial independence through real estate. Well, what does that look like? Is it you know is it flipping homes? Is it is it buying and holding? Is it you know I was. Like had all these different avenues that I was like reaching into and like, oh, maybe I'll buy an apartment complex. Oh, well, no, you won't because I'm broke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but, but that's, I mean, literally like every waking moment that I had was like, I'm listening to, I'm absorbing as much information as I can. And, and real estate just yeah. became the focus. That's From awesome. there on, you know, it was all parts of my conversation with Jenny and, and my, um, and everything and what it would look like in our future, um, what kind of routes we could do it, go down in real estate. And so pretty quickly, you know, I realized, you know, at some point you think something's maybe just a fad or a phase. Right. Um, but, you know, months and months went by and I was still absorbing crazy amounts of podcasts and reading, uh, well, not reading, but listening to audiobooks and and everything and, and just diving deep into it. And I was just super interested in in all the different things that you can do in real estate. So um, that's kind of what led me to get my real estate license. Um, at that point, I was like, well, we're going to move back to Arizona. Um, I want to get my license in you know, the state that I was going to live long term in, which is right. Arizona. Um, so that was kind of one of the decision makers in us moving back after a year. Um, but yeah, after that, it was like kind of a no brainer. Start my courses and start going so that I can get licensed right when we move back. Awesome. So going from your reading the books, listening to podcasts, how'd that transfer over as far as what you're doing now in real estate? It's I know you're being a buyer, seller, agent, and yep. then also you're working on a house that you guys are trying to uh, flip. Yep. So is that kind of where <laughs> you're headed as far as this is where you want to camp out for a while? Are you looking to just expand it, build it up? What's kind of your thinking with all this? Yeah, so... My my one focus right now in real estate is like learning, 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 learning. So um, this whole first year of being an agent has all been about learning. Whatever I do, it's all about making myself better, being more knowledgeable so that I can help people in the future. Um, same goes for anything I'm doing in real estate investing right now too. So the right now I'm, I'm doing a flip with some partners um, and you know, I'm, I don't consider myself like a long-term, you know, I'm flipping thousands of houses right, yeah. every, you know, um, that's that not necessarily the long-term route that I want to go, but flipping a house offers an insane amount of knowledge that you get oh, through yeah. the whole process. So, um, that, that was really like the main driver there to go ahead and, and group up and team up with some friends and, and go ahead and flip a house was like, I'm going to learn a crazy amount here yeah. and it's going to be invaluable to me no matter what happens with the flip it's going to be invaluable to you you know Absolutely. for the rest of my career yep. so um you know that's that's where i'm at right now i'm definitely still focusing um on buying and selling real estate helping people buy and sell homes yep um you know i've found a lot of joy more than i thought i would in that um being able to take especially someone you know naturally our, our market right now for me being 24 years old is like first time home buyers. Right. That's yep. where most of my sphere is. That's where most of my peers are like, so being able to, you know, potentially educate some of my friends and family and people kind of going through the process for the first time, educate them on making a smart financial decision is right. like yep. 
sweet, right? Like I almost consider myself, I don't want to like go cross legal bounds. <laughs> like I consider myself like some sort of like, uh, you know, housing therapist, like slash, like mentor <laughs> slash, like, you know, I don't know, financial advisor, but not really. Like I'm not giving out crazy you right. know, advice, but that's, you know, educating people as they go through the process and say, Hey, like, this is more than just buying a house that's going to drain money from your pocket for the next 20 years. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's about making a smart financial decision that yep. can hopefully impact you in a positive way rather than just suck money from you. Right. Absolutely. So definitely one of the, uh, the draws there as an agent is just being able to help people make smart decisions and, and help them through the negotiation process and, and stuff like that. Awesome. How yeah. much of it is really just helping people for you as far as one of the things that, I've heard people talk about in business is being focused on just helping people. Like if you start with that and then work from there, it's, it seems very much like on the real estate side, like you mentioned, you've got people who it's, they're going to be making probably the largest financial decision of their life. Mm -hmm. And then it's, they have so many question marks about what's going on. So you have to then speak into that. Where does your mentality come in as far as, because there is money on the line as far as you get a commission at the end of it. So right. it's how, where are you in the whole headspace of everything? Because I, in all of this, there's a ton of people who are just, they see the dollars and they see the percentages and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get my license too. <laughs> yeah. Everyone and their dog has a real estate license. It's right? insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, from what I've, from what I've noticed and how I've approached real estate, um, it's, it's, kind of the way I've approached athletics too growing up. So that's that's kind of the parallel that I draw all the time um, is one, uh, focusing on the little details, right? Like there are a lot of people and a lot of agents who, you know, will be helping somebody, but they don't care um, about their client's, you know, best interest, even though we're supposed to legally. Right, yeah. Like they're like, oh, you want to write a full price offer or you want to write $10,000 above this, you know, price? Well, that's fine. Sure. Like I'll do anything to, you know, get the sale. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm here to like advise my clients and say, I don't think this is a wise choice, right? Like yeah. at the end of the day, you have the decision, but you know, I'm based off of my professional experience and what I'm doing and you know, what I see in the market right now, this might not be the right choice, but we can pivot and do this, this, and this. Um, and Kinda so pausing that real quick, does like, I don't want to, put you talking about someone else's situation, but as far as if it's, if you were representing me buying a house, I look at, we've got a three bed, two bath, it's being listed for, uh, I walked one, it was, I think last week, 305. And yeah. it's, um, if I say, hey, like, I wanna throw a 325 into this, is that where you come in and say, hey, let, let's take a look at some other houses before we just go down that rabbit hole, or kind of what are you, what kind of things are you looking to say, hey, let's throw the brakes on right here, or do you say, hey, this seems like a great, house for you to be in let's jump on this yeah yeah so it all comes down to the client's goals right like okay. that's that's my number one priority is is having a conversation first and foremost before we go and look at houses right so i can say you know does this house even match what you're looking for is it yeah. does it fit your goal criteria what's the reason you're buying a house and for some that answer might be simple for some that answer might have more depth to it but my goal is to you know my athletic background always pushes me to be more on that coaching side. Yeah. And so I end up feeling really like a, a coach to my clients and saying, here's what we can do better. Here's what's really fit. You know, here's what's really focusing on your goals. This one really matches what you're actually looking for. Yeah. Like, let me, you know, show you some of the vision it might take to get it there, that kind of thing. So, you know, 
helping clients see that and seeing that I have their best interest at heart. Um, that's kind of where, that's where focusing on, you know, helping other people really comes into the forefront is, you know, I'm there to, you know, help counsel them through certain decisions. And, you know, when they see that happen, it's yeah. natural for them to say, wow, like he, he actually like cares about my decision right now yeah. rather than like me buying this house or selling it as fast as I can. Right. You know, and uh, the same goes for like learning the stuff in the flip house, right? Like we're going through all this thing, all this stuff, and I'm learning all of these things about how how houses are built, how to fix certain issues, how things should be, you know, look correctly. Now I can walk into a house with clients and say, hey, this house was clearly flipped. Here are some things that you might want to look out for. Like yeah. here are things that, you know, flippers cut corners on. Here, you know, this is the reason they didn't spend money yeah. here. This is the reason this kitchen looks amazing because that's yeah. all most people care about. Let's go ahead and take a look at that AC unit that's about to go out, you yes. know. So drawing attention to some of these issues that most people will just kind of look past when they go walk through a home, I think has built tremendous value for my clients and saying, wow, he's looking out for literally like not just after I buy, not just when I buy this house, but after I buy this house. And that's the biggest thing is like, I don't want anybody to buy a house that's, you know, they sink all their money into, they don't have any more money after they they close on the house and then their AC unit goes out and they have to buy like an eight grand AC unit and all this stuff is happens and, you know, plumbing is terrible or shot and everything like that. So that's kind of the focus is, is really just, I mean, helping people as I would want to be helped. You know, if I wasn't a real estate agent and I was buying a house, I would really appreciate it if my agent, you know, looked out for my best interest and pointed out things that were wrong with the house. I'm a terrible salesman, by the way. (laughs) I like literally talk people out of buying houses all the time. Um, Which I think in some ways that's the best way, like I haven't done sales, but to me it's like, that's the best way to do it because it's, if I come to you and say, hey, like I want to buy a three bed, two bath house and you say, here's one, fits your criteria, let's move on yeah. to the next guy. I'm gonna get in there, my AC unit breaks, and I'm gonna be like, well, this sucks. Like, <laughs> I w- And then I meet someone else who has the experience that you have, and you go, hey, see that AC unit? It We might wanna talk to the client about either doing like a compensation for that, or if they wanna switch it out first before we do it, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, Tim's my guy, and not only that, I'm gonna go tell everyone at my church, in my gym, everywhere that I meet, that all of a sudden it's like, he may have tried to steer me away from a house, but at least I knew he wasn't trying to steer me into a house just because there's a commission at the end of it. Yeah, right, right. Nobody likes that used car salesman. <laughs> so, no, yeah. it's to me, it's one of the most annoying things in the whole world. Yeah, so, yeah, no, of course. So kind of on what you're doing with the flip, what have been the things that you guys were surprised at? I've talked to you and then one of your partners, Nick Carlisle, yep. on... You guys have had a couple things that are unexpected to you and kind of <laughs> learning curves. So what have you guys kind of encountered with that? Yeah. Um, so I would say the biggest thing that uh, we kind of ran into that was maybe a surprise or things like this, we had made a decision pretty early to go ahead and um, get go down the permit process, right? So yeah. getting permits from the city, we're going to add square footage. There was... There was this unpermitted kind of like fourth bedroom flex room that right. was there. Well, we, we said to ourselves, we, we need to get this permitted because we can add that square footage into the home when we right. sell it, which increases the value by a ton. 
Which, um, can I pause you real quick? Can you tell me what the original square footage was, The if you know it, the year of the house, or any details that you had from the beginning and what you guys are trying to get to at the end? Yeah, so it was, you know, originally a three-bedroom, two-bath house. Um, I want to say it was like 12, low 1,200 square feet. Um, and it was built, I believe, in the 50s. Um, so w- with the year built, going back into that, um, I'll finish my finish my thing with the bedroom. So we're we're uh, going ahead and we're going to get that permitted, right? Because it's going to add yep. a ton of value. That was that was the plan. Um, now that's our first process, or this is our first time going down the permit process. Yeah, not fun at all. Having to get permits, we you know that that pushed back our timeline like two yep. and a half weeks of you know trying to get the permits, and then we couldn't do anything yet until everything gets cleared. And, uh, you know, and then, and then on top of that, every single job that we do now, we've got to get inspected. So, um, not, not that that's like a bad thing or, you know, I'm, I'm glad that inspections happen because it keeps people honest. Um, but for us, like that, the honesty part's not like the issue, right? It's just like a timeline thing. It's it's always, you know, crazy to just go through that process and have to, you know, bring the guy back out and keep going, keep going, fail yep. this, come back out, fail this, come back out. Yep. Okay. Pass. So dude, Scottsdale <laughs> is one of the worst. They have drywall inspection. Uh, I had an inspector, we were doing a restaurant out in Scottsdale. And one of the things that's not to building code, but the original builder did it anyway, was they put a vapor and bug layer, which is they put a piece of plastic down right underneath the uh, concrete that they poured. Okay. So when we saw cut for this whole, um, it was the since we had to do a grease trap, we had to do the new plumbing for all the sinks and all that stuff. They came in and they said, "Hey, we need you to reapply the plastic." And we're like, "But that's not building code." And they're like, "We don't care. We're Scottsdale. We want you to do it." So <laughs> we had to go through a whole process with getting that done. So it's it's funny when you get some of the inspectors who will be like, "Hey, you just got to do it right." I'll pass you like, and yes, call me out, do whatever. And there's some guys who, it was an engineering group that we were working with. Oh, and man. when you work with engineers, they, they think they're in construction, but they're not. <laughs> right. And so it's, they're hilarious to me just because it's, you've got to, you're throwing the dice every time you call one of them out. Oh yeah. I'm sure they're like, it's gotta be textbooked. Right. And you're like, no, that's not how it works all the time on the job side. Well, it's not even that it's you for construction. You have a code book and you'll have it for the different, like as far as structural, electrical, plumbing, all that stuff. But at the same time, it's up to interpretation. So you've got different inspectors interpreting it in different ways so there's some like i think it was with the vapor barrier thing we had the guy who was in charge of the inspection uh crew in charge of the inspectors who came out and said yep you need to get that vapor barrier back down there and uh we had the next guy come it was a different guy but it was part of the same like organization or whatever and he's like i don't know why he's having you do that (laughs) but then we get the lead guy come back and he's like, no, you definitely need it. So it's, it's all an interpretation. Oh, it's, man. There's different stuff as far as the angles that you run for your plumbing. It's, yeah, it's interpretation. And so when humans interpret it in different ways, it gets kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, going back to, I, you kind of mentioned it too. So, so with our, the age of our house, there was cast iron plumbing through the whole thing. Right. And that yeah. doesn't last forever. Nope. Um, which, 
we just, you know, that was just a rookie. Like we just didn't know to look out for that or something before with the age of the house. Yep. So, you know, we get it scoped and, and we, you know, cause we want to do the right thing and yep. you know, figure out. And so we get it scoped and it's like shot and like, of course. Right. So was this is like our first. Was it broken in? Do you have roots inside or just rusted? J- just, uh, the under the interior. So anywhere underneath like the foundation in the house, that yeah. was, that's what we replaced. And so we saw cut the whole thing, had a plumber come out, replace it all. Um, which was the right thing to do, but I definitely can foresee like a lot of flippers not caring at oh, all. Oh no. Like it doesn't raise the value of the house. No, it just no. costs me money, right? Yep. But you know, for us, like, you know, we don't wanna we don't wanna do all this really nice stuff, put brand new floors down, and then all of a sudden like first time you go to like flush the toilet or like, you know, do something like that, like you run into issues and then the yep. new homeowner comes in and they're like Hey, I like I have to tear up all this brand new stuff that you just put down now yeah. and like redo this. So that was kind of like one of the main factors of like that was the first roadblock where we're like, what kind of what kind of investors are we? Right? Are we the yeah. ones that are like taking all these shortcuts and we're just yeah. gonna like put lipstick on a pig and put it back on the market and screw somebody over? Which that's what everyone thinks of when they think of someone buying, flipping and then going on to the next one. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, part of that is is having enough equity built in, and, and we did, and we expected problems to arise. Yep. Um, and just knowing that when they did, just have to bite the bullet and know that it's the right thing to do. And, uh, you know, hopefully that will kind of come back around for us and, and uh, help us sell the home faster because now we can go ahead and advertise all new plumbing, like all this stuff. So, yep. it, uh, you know, it's a it's kind of a it turn out. It, it kind of flips over on the other on the back end too. So. Yeah, which and with the hard part with that is if someone's a plumber or in the trades, they might understand. Okay, here's why it's important that oh, you guys switched out the plumbing. That's awesome. But for if you've got someone who has no association with the trades at all, they're going to walk in and be like, okay, cool, new plumbing, like new toilets, new faucets, cool. <laughs> it's like okay, you ran new pipes. It's like no, you don't understand. Like if if those pipes fail, like they break underground, they have, there's a life that cast iron has. So it's pretty soon that all that water is just eroding away underneath the house. And it's like, that's not good. Even it's not going to show up right away, but it'll show up several years down the line. Yeah. And just like you said, it's that huge headache and maybe you don't have to sock up floors today. Maybe you don't have to sock up floors next year. Yeah. But at some point someone's going to get caught holding that bag. And it's right. It's one of those things where it's like, Hey, we're going to be the guys who take care of it because we're going to be honest about it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. One of the things I did want to kind of also talk to you about was how does, obviously we met through church. So it's, how does your faith influence your work as a real estate agent? Yeah. Um, as a real estate agent or like in real estate investing, I guess we kind of touched on it just now in, in real estate investing. Um, like when we go and do a flip, yeah. we're not cutting all those corners. Like we care about the product that we're putting out because we know our work is a reflection of what God is doing in us, you know, our faith and, and what we believe in. So um, we know that we represent, you know, not just ourselves, not just our business, not just our, you know, LLC, whatever that looks like, right. we represent a, represent a greater kingdom. So um, for that, you know, on the real estate investing side, that just means doing things the right way. Um, on the real estate, on the realtor and like side of being a real estate agent, um, you know, and we kind of touched that on that before it's, it's, um, you know, looking out for 
your client's interests. It's yeah. not just, you know, going after and trying to sell them a house. It's like walking through, you know, five, 10, 20 houses, if that's what it takes yeah. to find the one that fits really them, their personalities, what they're looking for, but also fits their, you know, financial ability and financial standpoint. Um, and so that's, you know, that's one of the biggest focuses I think for me um, as a real estate agent is, um, you know, showing, showing the, showing the grace that I've been shown um, in my faith, but also, you know, treating people the way I want to be treated. And, and so yeah. on that back end, it's just, it's, again, it kind of just goes back to, you know, how am I educating people? Am I serving them? Is the, is the next thing. It's educate, serve, and uh, bring value. And those are kind of like the three things that I focus on through a real estate transaction. So I'm educating them through the process. You'd be surprised at how many people, even people who have bought a house, have no idea what is going on. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like trusting their realtor blindly, sign these papers, yep, 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 and cross the T's and dot the I's, and we're good to go, and next thing they know, they have keys. Right. Um, and so educating people in the process. Obviously, I'm not, you know, telling people what they don't want to know like you know but uh breaking out the whiteboard and being like <laughs> let's talk about how the loan officer works right right and they're like you know you're the realtor you're supposed to know that not me um <laughs> and so i'm just training everyone to be a realtor um <laughs> no that's not the case but educating them so that they understand what's going on yeah. um and then serving and and what that means is is like again it kind of goes back to to how i approach the sales side of things. It's serving is, is looking out for their best interest. It's yeah. looking out for all those things. It's making sure that their their ideals and what they want come first before anything, you know, on yeah. my side. So um, just being ready for that. Um, and then, sorry, someone's pulling up. I don't know. Um, and- uh, Someone walking with a flashlight right now? I think so, right outside the window. Should we push pause on this? And we'll maybe see, see what's going on. <laughs> We'll be right back. All right, so kind of talking about that third value, um, you know, we talked about um, educating, then serving clients, but then bringing them value. And that's where the knowledge as a real estate agent comes in, right? That's where like my experience, that's how many transactions I've done. That's where all that stuff comes into play, right? Right. So being able to then go to bat for my client and say, hey, you know, here's what makes sense for this house. Let's go ahead and ask for this, this, and this. This makes sense. Let's go ahead and negotiate this way. Um, you know, oh, they said this. This is how we should respond. Here we go. What do you think of these options? Here's yep. three different ways that we could respond to this. And so giving them different options and really bringing them value. That's, you know, that's what you don't have because you can go buy a house without a realtor, right? Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's yep. possible and people do it. But, but you don't have the representation of a realtor. You don't have somebody walking you through the steps of how to you know, be able to negotiate and do some of those things and be able to do, you know, the right, correct paperwork for this and that to make sure yep. that 10 years down the road, you know, somebody doesn't ask for some sort of paperwork and like something gets lost or, you know, things like that. So yeah. it's that representation really that, uh, that people are, are all for. And so that, that's kind of the three things that I focus on. And that's how, you know, my faith gets integrated um, with me as a realtor, and that's kind of how I separate myself in an industry that's sales-based. Like, I'm in a sales job. I'm a salesman. Yeah. Um, but I, I, from day one, I really haven't thought about it that way. It's just like, how can I help you? You know, if it, if you're going to buy a million-dollar home or you're going to buy a $55,000 trailer, let's figure out the best route to go ahead and do it, and let me help you. 
And how much more fun does that make it for you? 100% more fun. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, I'm right now working with the windows and door industry, like I told you earlier, and it's one of the nice parts is like, I'm out there, I'll usually be by myself. So it's kind of one of those things where it's, all right, I'll take an extra little bit to try and make sure that I'll, I'll OCD out on it a little bit because I understand that there's someone who's going to be living there. They're going to take a look at it. And so it's, and then it's like going home late. You're like, this sucks. But at the same time, <laughs> you go home with the pride knowing I did it right. And you feel good going back the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. One of the things I did want to talk to you about is kind of the industry in general. So we've got, I want to kind of start with, this is one of the things I'm going through currently as far as I, I'm telling everyone, hey, I'm pursuing getting my real estate license and everyone tells me, oh my gosh, let me tell you a story about when I got my real estate license and then they tell me their horror story or whatever they want to call it <laughs> and then... Um, like how it didn't work out or oh my gosh <laughs> it's insane right now it's literally everyone seems to be like oh my wife tried it or i tried it and it was just this and i'm like um okay i'm glad for you but it's it is a very saturated market right so it's what are you what do you see as far as you're on a team right now with mm -hmm. other realtors mm -hmm. what do you see when you're out there as far as helping people like buying homes selling homes on the other end with the agents that you run into yeah, so one thing I've been doing lately too is is when my client likes a house, I'll go ahead and look at the realtor and yep. look up their name and see you know how many transactions they've done in the last year, how many they've done over their lifetime, yep. to kind of get a feel for how experienced they are, how you know how negotiation might go or things like that. Yep. Um, let me tell you, there's a lot of lot of people who have their real estate license who work part time, who I hear stories all the time of like, oh, I'm going to use my, you know, second aunt's cousin because she's a real estate agent yep. and, you know, my family uses her. Well, she is a part-time agent. She's not immersed in the market. She's yep. not studying exactly what the numbers are doing. Um, you know, she's there. She kind of knows how to get through a real estate uh, transaction like getting through a real estate transaction is not difficult, right? It's yep. not difficult to do. Anybody can go to the school, learn the right ways, you know, fill out the forms that are already pretty much pre-written by lawyers anyway. For the right. reason. <laughs> um, and so that you can go, th anybody can get through a real estate transaction. Can you do it well? Can you give them a good experience? And can you feel good about what you did for your client on the back end? right? Like, did they make the best financial decision? That's right. th these little things are like, really, I know I've said it like multiple times now, did they make the best financial decision? It's right. like going back to really like, what is best for your client? Um, yep. And so, you know, not every part-time agent has that out, right? They're just, you know, oh, I have my license. I can help you. Sure. Uh, well, you know, we'll go through the transaction process. You tell me what you want to put in the offer. You tell me like what you want to do, even if it doesn't make sense. Right. Um, you know, and they'll just put that in there and we get stories being on a team. I hear from other agents as well. So yep. all of their experiences, um, there are a lot of agents who like send in like half completed offers, which I'm always curious if their clients know this, like if they, if their clients know that it wasn't completed. Cause I'm going to guess no. Right. Right. Like they're missing information. They like wrote things in wrong. Like we're always having to make corrections on other agents parts, not saying that I'm perfect or anything like that, but there's definitely 
um, at least an accountability of being on a team. Right. You know, I have things checked and I I'm always have somebody to ask questions to. So that's the real big thing. And I, it's tough being an agent. I can imagine being an agent, getting my license for the first time and not being a part of a team. Like there, how am I supposed to, am I supposed to YouTube this stuff or, you know, cause the schooling doesn't necessarily walk you through everything you need to know to get through, yeah. you know, the transaction. So a lot of agents are just shooting in the dark, hoping for the best. And um, which is kind of funny. It's, there are a lot of people who are on YouTube with even stuff on the front end when I was looking as far as, all right, how do I get my license? And there's so many people who want to tell you about, Oh, here's how you do it. And some of it just seemed like, where are you coming from with this? As far as it's like, you need to have X amount of, and I'm like, that's not what I'm hearing from other people. It's like, why, why does this seem more complicated than it needs to be? Why are so, all the people on YouTube like that are giving these advice things like they, they didn't sell that many homes. And so that was a failed endeavor, but they can educate people on how to get their license. Though. Right. They understand how to sell a book. They understand how to use video editing. So, yeah. and they know how to click upload. So yep. good for them. <laughs> One of the things that I did run into, which was kind of funny, is uh, which I'd kind of want to ask, kind of in the same vein that I wanted to ask you about, is have you ran into anyone who's pretty abrasive on the other side? I was at an open house. It was last week, and it was one of the nicer houses, and it was a six hundred thousand dollar house. And the finished walking around, guy comes in and he's all upset, and he's like talking to the people who are hosting it and is like, I'm with whatever brokerage and he's all going off on them. And I'm like, dude, I have no idea who you are. Like, I, and I, at this point I have no place to step in and tell him like, Hey, go away. Like it's <laughs> apparently he had a buyer who he wanted to show the house, but just like, to me, it's like seeing that guy, I was like, I wouldn't want you representing me in any way, shape or form because just my first interaction. So I kind of want to know from you, it's like, are there a lot of abrasive people? Because that's the one interaction I've had out of everyone that I've talked to, like just as far as to get my license, who's actually a real estate agent, not someone who's just, oh, I tried for six months or I did the whole part-time spiel. It's like, yeah, everyone's been very open with me. Everyone's been, that is a real estate agent has kind of been like, hey, like let us know when you get it. Like if we can do anything to help you, they're super positive. And there's this one guy. So this is like one <laughs> out of 15, but you interact with them a little more, so I thought you might have something for me. Uh, you know, luckily, no no one on my team is like <laughs> yelling at other people, but I do hear stories. I haven't had too many run-ins with super abrasive agents. I've had, you know, phone call where things, you know, get escalated a little bit, but not really. It's just more like, how do we communicate this? You right. Know, how do we both make this a win-win for both of our clients? How do we do that? So, right. you know... I don't know as far as the word abrasive, like what that means necessarily, but I have heard definite stories of, you know, agents on my team getting calls from a realtor and the realtor's just like yelling at them over the phone. <laughs> and if you think that that's the way to negotiate, oh <laughs> let me God. tell you something. There's a reason that like, uh, gosh, what's it called? Um, like FBI negotiators aren't like sitting there like yelling at the right. person with the yeah. gun, right? Like that's not how you get things done. That's not how you make yep. make moves. And um, but it it definitely is out there. I think with any job, you get all those kind of different personality people, and uh, some people just think that they can you know steamroll everyone else. But uh, how much negotiation do you guys go through? Like, do you do any do you do training for it? Have you personally done training for it? As far as in the reading podcast that you do, it's like and then. Is that a big deal or no? 
Right, right. And a lot of the negotiation doesn't, it, like, it's not like, you know, you're seeing on TV or something, like, not maybe how you imagine it. It's not me negotiating, like, in person or on the phone, like, going back and forth, like, no, we'll do this, and no, you do this, and then, you know, a lot of it's in a written up email. It's not you the know? Beverly Hills real estate agents where <laughs> I need to sell this multi-million dollar house right, because we're yeah. trying to stash money because she's got the first baby on the way. Yeah. Right, and maybe some of that's true. I'm sure there are negotiations that happen over the phone that are super high risk, crazy stuff. But you know, for a lot of just like clients buying their first house, it's just knowing what to ask for. Right. Um, you know, knowing that in some situations it doesn't hurt to ask. In some situations, you know, that might be a different case. Knowing what to ask for, how to word things. It's amazing, like how many how much time goes into like crafting a nice email, right? Like it's not just me writing down a list format of like, here's what they want. Please do this. It's like, here are our demands. Please comply. (laughs) Yeah, Right. It's like me, you know, building and and trying to convey the personality and character of my client in my email. Right. And being like, look, like you want to like these people. You want to like Mike buyer. Like they're perfect for this house. Here's what they, you know, are doing. Here's what they're going through. Here's why this negotiation or thing that we're asking for makes sense, yep. right? Like we're not just, we want all the furniture in your house. We're going to, you know, if that's the case, if we want a select item or something, like we're going to build a story around that. Like yep. what, why do you want it? Like, why is this important? Yeah. You know what? So there's, there's ways to ask for things and people are willing to give things. And there's, it's much more of a, a win-win scenario. That's kind of the focus that I take is like, I don't want the seller to lose everything and like us right. to totally steamroll them in a, in something like I want it to be a win-win, right? Yep. Like for them, for us, like, let's go ahead and make everyone happy and let's do it. So it's, it's uh definitely comes down to fine crafting words in an email, <laughs> uh, but not a lot of 275, 305, <laughs> and then just the howling back and forth with each other. Not, not a ton of that. No, at least not yet in my experience. So <laughs> maybe, maybe one day I'll just be yelling at other agents. Maybe that's what happens when you get, you know, 10 years in, 10 years in. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. One of the things that I'm kind of curious about right now is everyone seems to be on Zillow. <laughs> that's where I go to find open houses that I'm going to go look at. That's where whenever I was curious about, oh, like, let's go look at the pictures of the really nice multi-million dollar houses. Like, I'm going to Zillow. It's, mm-hmm. it seems like Zillow is kind of expanding. It seems like, all right, what are they doing necessarily in the market besides providing this awesome platform? And then that'll kind of lead me into some other stuff with uh, companies we see here in Arizona with, I think it's Open Door. Is it Truly? Mm-hmm. Or... Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, of man, I, 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 I'm I thinking of it. <laughs> I forget the name, though. Uh, Basically, they're the companies who will just say, they've got the advertisements, we'll buy your house yeah. right now, and then you can move out whenever, and yeah. we'll resell it, and guess what? There's no commission or yeah. that you have to pay for it. So yeah. starting with Zillow, what do you see as far as that's good with Zillow? What do you see as far as that is kind of, not as helpful to you guys on the real estate agent side and then is there anything that you're hearing as far as what they're trying to do necessarily in the industry you know based off of my experience because my team partners with zillow um and so you know when somebody puts in their information and they're like i want to look at this house and i don't have an agent yet we get a call 
Okay. Um, and so somebody on my team will get a call. And, and right now I'm on I'm on that rotation this week, actually. Yep. So, you know, I've been getting calls from people who are on Zillow actively looking at a house. It's not like Zillow reaching out to them when they click on something. Like they're inputting their information. They want to know more information, right? So they whatever question that looks like, right. it comes through to us. And, you know, I get to, I get to help them answer that question. Um, with Zillow, I think Zillow is awesome. I mean as, as being 24 years old and being like more tech friendly and, you know, I'm all for streamlining any sort of process just to make it easier on the consumer. That is the goal of business, right? Like make anything that you can easier for the consumer. And then that's a business. Um, and so Zillow does that. I mean, they've got all these, you know, they've got all the listings, most of them, um, listed there on Zillow. You can see, you know, they've got the Zillow estimate of like how much your house would be yep. worth kind of things like that. And as, as much as they're, you know, not completely accurate, they give people a decent idea. Yep. Um, you know, in the process of, I don't know how much Zillow is, but, um, you know, some of the other companies that you mentioned, like those are just real, really, they're just large investment companies. They're doing what small time investors do. They go and they offer you a price for your house and they've got these funds to be able to do it. And then they're going to go ahead and, you know, make a few changes, make it a little bit decent and go ahead and resell it. Right. Um, open door, those kind of things. Yep. My experience with them working with them, because I've definitely helped a client buy a house from Open Door. Okay. Um, super nice to work with, super easy, like pretty straightforward process. Like I said, the negotiation process, because you're working with a company. Right. Rather than, and it's always kind of weird, because they always say, like, oh, let me check with the seller. And right. like, open door, you own the house. You, <laughs> like, you, you are the seller. Yeah. So they always like, the way they talk to you, it's like kind of, it, they make it seem like it's still like a regular transaction, but they're just a company that right. owns this the is, house. This is totally anecdotal. Yeah. But I met someone who works with open door. Okay. And they said, I forget exactly what their job was, but they dealt with customers and they didn't have a real estate license, which was kind of interesting to me. So I'm wondering if when they have to go talk to the seller, if they have to then go talk to the designated agent who's rep on that case in particular. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure the person that I'm emailing is, you know, they don't have that many agents actually like, right. you know. So yeah, I'm sure that was it. Um, but it's it's just funny how they phrase, they phrase it. Um, but those companies, you know, out there, they offer the ease, right? Some people want the ease of selling their house. Some people want to be like, hey, I just want out. Give me this amount of money and I'm good. Yep. As a real estate agent, I'm you know, I'm all for the best interest of the person. So most of that interest falls down to a financial interest. Right. Right. So going through a company like Open Door or something like that, they're they're not always bad. They they do give a decent amount of um, like compensation. They'll buy your house pretty dang close to market yep. um, price, but they'll charge you with some fees and everything like that. So basically a convenience fee, um, which makes sense. If you want yep. to go for the convenience and you want them to buy it really quick and be off the market, you don't want a whole bunch of people coming in and out of your house showing yep. it, which isn't happening in our market anyway. Like right now, like you're selling your house in like three days type thing. So yep. it's not like you're you know, having people in and out for two months. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how they work. My experience with them have been pretty decent. Um, you know, I like Zillow. Zillow gives like, that's where clients come through yeah. and I get to answer their questions and be a resource for them. So, um, big companies aren't, aren't necessarily bad. They have the right intentions, I think. So. Yeah. One of the things I was more that I'm, 
I don't know. It's to kind of put it that I feel like I'm going out on the ledge with to kind of say like it makes me nervous, but at the same time it's like, all right, where's this going? It's like Zillow seems to be in some ways kind of creating this Amazon effect, if you will, as far as they're the platform that now everyone goes to. There's no more, oh, I'm going to go to Barnes Nobles. I'm going to go to Bookman's. I'm going to go to my local bookstore. It's like I go to Zillow and then I get paired up with the agent. Oh, look, it's a one-stop shop. And yes, they're not Zillow isn't, not yet at least, yeah. hasn't set up, oh, we're, we're Zillow, agents. We're yeah. Zillow brokerage and you can become an agent and all that stuff. But to me, it's like, it is interesting. And I'm kind of wondering if they do eventually push towards the brokerage side of it, which mm. would make sense yeah. because it's all of a sudden it's, you got all the traffic, you've got so much leverage because that's where all the eyeballs are. So it's, if you're not a real estate agent that is affiliated with Zillow, it's like, you're not getting any leads. And then yeah. it's, which I feel like the same thing's going, I feel like Amazon's doing every, that same thing just in the retail space. So that's one of the things that I kind of look at as far as like, all right, I'm jumping into this industry and is <laughs> Zillow about to pull the rug out from underneath everybody? Yeah. And then kind of similar with Open Door as far as it's like, all right, like they're making it very, they're making it very convenient. Yeah. One of the things I remember talking to someone about, uh, I think it was actually Nick where he told me, I was like, hey, what's going on with this? Because everyone loves to shop online and if I can just sell a house online, like <laughs> why wouldn't I just be like, done? And, and they're telling me there's not a whole bunch of fees and he's like, well, the commission fee might be a little different, but the convenience fee is where it kind of comes full circle. Yeah. And then it's kind of like you were saying as far as it's the financial interest that kind of, it depends on what you're looking for as the seller. If right. you need to be, hey, I want to be out of town in the next three weeks, if it needs to be, hey, I've got this house that was willed to me and I live out of state, then it's like, it might make perfect sense as far as hand over the keys, I need to get the equity out of it and yep. move on. But for someone who's like, hey, let's actually talk about how do I get the best deal for my money? Yeah. It's like, let's actually talk to a person who's gonna understand and actually be invested in your best interest right right and this is what i would say to anybody who's thinking of like selling their house and they've looked at options like open door any of these other you know businesses wait real quick the day the thing you're going to tell them is they should definitely go to you 100 percent. yeah (laughs) yeah no i mean like at the end of the day uh, these businesses are investors right yeah and so me knowing the investor side it's like at the end of the day, they can't give you the max amount of price that your right. home is worth. Yep. They have to buy it for less. That is the yep. number one principle, like where they won't make any money. Right. So that's you know, that's where it lies. And and so if you're okay with that, then that's fine and you want the ease and convenience. Yep. Other you know, if 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 that's the route you want to go, still use me and I'll buy it as an investor and just <laughs> the same, the same you know, we can do the same format that you do with them. And, you know, just you're just selling it to it's the same thing. You're selling it to an investor. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> we'll call it uh, Tim's door. <laughs> yeah, Tim's door. Yeah, it's coming soon. Trademark <laughs> pending, patent pending, whatever you want to do. So I was going to kind of move into uh, long term and what's next for you is is. Tim's door, what's long-term <laughs> and what's next for you or? Yeah, um, you know, so kind of your your question about like Zillow and, and the way the market is going and you know, what that looks like kind of got me thinking about maybe what this question is assuming as well. And that's, you know, right now I jumped into real estate a year and a half ago 
and we're going through some of the best times ever, right? For real it's estate. It's insane. Like, the markets are booming, like everything is going crazy. Here in Maricopa County, because we're the fastest growing county in the United States for the past like three or four years, right? even through COVID, like people are buying houses like crazy. Our inventory is like at half of what it normally is. All this stuff is just like this snowball effect. Right. And not to even mention with COVID, you've got a lot of people trying to leave from California, other states as far yep. as, and who's a nice neighbor to go to, so you don't have to go too far away from the family, whatever it is, yep. let's go to Arizona. Yep, and the like Arizona is meant to grow, right? We've All we have Absolutely. is desert. Like we don't, we're not, it's not major rivers that we're trying to go around, like nothing crazy. We just build like yep. into the desert, yep. <laughs> into the abyss of sand <laughs> and dirt and cactus. Um, yeah, so you know the the way things are moving, I know that things are good right now. Like right. I I, kn- I understand that. Like I know that times might not always be like this. As a real estate agent, or you know, as other things, as an investor, I know the way markets shift. You know, there's probably going to be way better times to invest actually than this right now. Right. Yeah. Right now is like, you know, for a lot of investors, they're just sitting on the sideline right now, yep. waiting for some opportunity to come. They're you waiting know. for a dip again. Right. Right. And so, you know, looking at our market, I think about it a lot about what our market is doing, um, where it's going, how that affects me as a real estate agent, how that affects my business, and how I look at growing it. Yep. Um, how I, you know, advertise. What's my long-term plan there? You know, because this could all dry up and nobody's buying houses in a year. Then what right. do I do? Um, so your question about Zillow kind of got me like thinking about that. Is you know, even if you know whatever happens with the real estate market, whatever happens with real estate agents, whether there's a shift where we become a little bit more streamlined in the sense of you know the process of buying a house changes. Right. That's where that's where like realtors who don't adapt. That's where they all go to die. Yeah. Right? Like. I understand, like, I understand things are going to change. I understand that if I'm in real estate in 30 years, it's going to look different than it looks now. And so knowing that and like being okay with change, being okay with adapting, being okay with shifting the way I do business, shifting with, you know, I'm going to have to shift in, you know, five, 10 years when my, when my sphere changes ages, like they're going to own homes. Now I switch to helping them sell their house and buy another one. Like that kind of stuff plays into my long-term plan. So just being okay with adaptability and change yeah. and being okay with, you know, figuring out what works. That's that's me as an entrepreneur. That's me as a business owner. Like I adapt and I change and I pivot and I keep helping people and that's kind of the goal there. Yeah. One of the things that I love to tell people is business is business. That it's, people will talk about, it's like, oh, well, do you know what you're getting into with this? And it's one of the conversations I had when I was thinking about getting my license and getting into the school process, I was talking to um, a guy I knew from probably 10 years ago and I had a conversation with him. He's a great real estate agent. His name's uh, Tori McHale. I don't know what brokerage he's with, but um, uh, he was telling me, he's like, hey, I just want to warn you. It's like, these are long days. You're dealing with some stuff that's really important to people's life and all that stuff. And you know, it's like, I just told him, I was like, dude, I there's some days where I've got to work 12 hours right now in the trades it's like it's and the stuff that i'm working on if i do it wrong like in the since i'm working on windows and doors and it's the scale that we're working on them if a piece of glass were to fall out of someone's window because i did it incorrectly or if i fix something incorrectly to where now water's going into their house there's huge financial issues yeah so i was like 
I, I in no way want to take away from what he's doing. He's a hard worker, love the dude, great guy. But at the same time, to me, it's like business is business. It's, yeah. it's going to be hard. You're going to work a lot. And in the end, it's the same principles are going to apply. You're going to need to be able to have a sales experience in some shape or form. And you're going to need to be able to adapt all the other things that people want to say. It's like business is business. It's going to express itself in a little bit different of a way, but that's what it boils down to. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Kind of to wrap this up, (laughs) got some quick questions for you that I let you see beforehand. So uh, I kind of want to go for, by the way, you let me see these, but I did not prepare at all. (laughs) So I don't know how rapid you're thinking these makes it even better um what's been the most impactful book on your bike most impactful book on your life uh, yeah you wrote quotations besides the bible um yeah i would say most that when i started getting to real estate that whole thing that propelled that path down was rich dad poor dad i'm sure you've seen like heard real estate investors yep. preach that man like it is true rich dad poor dad changes the way i look at finances how i approach business and getting out of this like mindset that rat race mindset of you know working for someone else and how to shift my mindset to working for myself favorite movie oh man i have no idea uh american sniper all right favorite character strength that first comes to mind of yours right now character strength yeah so what it like just something that's i'm extremely smart I'm just kidding. There we go. Uh, no, no, no. We're, we're keeping that one. <laughs> so if you want an extremely smart <laughs> real estate agent, yeah. you want. <laughs> uh, no, I, I would say just uh, probably outgoing. I've been pretty outgoing lately with people and more so than I think I have been in my the rest of my life prior. So I like talking to people and getting to know people and hearing stories. Shoe size. Oh, uh, ten and a half. Is that across all shoes or? Uh, when I wear running shoes, I wear eleven because I like a little bit more room. I would just say eleven. I wear eleven. Yeah, you just want to step it up a size. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. one of those things. Yeah, you're. I'm five nine, but if <laughs> if I really wanted to impress someone, yeah, I'm definitely six feet. You're just six feet and change. Right. Yeah. When I surprisingly, I wear an eleven, and definitely in high school, like early high school days, I was definitely putting on like size twelve shoes, like. <laughs> I, I look back on it and I'm like, I, I played basketball in like freshman year of high school and I was wearing these like size 12 and a half shoes and like, that's why I had so many blisters <laughs> looking back on it. Like, I know why. Cause I was sliding around in my shoes. Uh, are there any books or podcasts you're reading or listening to currently? Um, I listen to bigger pockets. Um, I'm listening to like just with COVID season, I've been just listening to a lot of sermons on podcasts. Um, Nothing, nothing tremendous like real estate related as far as books go. Um, oh man, what is the book that I just read though? It is The Ideal Team Player. Um, the Ideal Team Player was a great book. Uh, it's like this narrative story mode. It's, it's like a leadership book, but they tell it in a story format, which I've read two books now. I forget the name of the other one, but they were both in this format. It's like a made up story, right? Yep. But it's teaching you leadership principles. And I thought that was really cool. Um, it was like an enjoyable read for me, which was a change from like all the boring real estate stuff I normally like veg out on. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah. All right. And what is the best way to get in contact with you and follow what you're working on, particularly with kind of, I've seen on social media, some of the stuff you're doing with the house and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually don't know my uh, like handles off the top of my head. I think it's like AZ Tim Johnson Realty. 
um, is my uh, Instagram. I post kind of stuff about um, being a real estate agent. I post a lot of things about clients going through, like getting the keys for their house, kind of post here and there about some of the projects that I'm working on. Um, another one I post on my Facebook, um, AZ Tim Johnson. Um, that's the my Facebook name for my business there. And I post kind of the similar stuff, just what I'm doing currently, what or current projects I'm working on and stuff like that. So um, that's that's really the best way to follow along. And then if you want to give me a, a email or something, you got a question for me, it's aztimjohnson at gmail.com. Um, that's the best way to kind of shoot me an email or something and get in touch. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up right there. But before we leave, if you enjoyed the episode, I would appreciate if you guys would subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast. And until next time, I hope your hammer stays accurate, your Wi-Fi fast, and your work blessed. See you, everybody.